0: Sluke gives it up. Parker to tie. You bet! Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Quiet. Yeah. The Cars. He's rocking. Finds Rose. Rose trying
1: to get open. Fires away. Bang! It's over. The Bulls win.
0: To win it. No! DeVore, DeRozan,
1: Anderson What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mike, Everything Chicago Sports Related Podcast. Today, we have a fan favorite, not only in Chicago, soon to be, but in the entire industry of Tennessee as a whole. He will always go down as a Tennessee legend. We have Liam Spence here. Liam, how are you today?
0: Good. Thanks for having me, Mike. Appreciate your time.
1: So, you know, obviously, we got the plug from In Off the Bench, Jim Cross, uh, DB, and Randy Jowers. We spent some time with them um but for people in chicago that really don't know you you can definitely find dylan or not dylan i'm part of me um liam's full story um you can find that on In Off the Bench podcast obviously we'll always continue to promote this um it's it's one of the greatest college baseball podcasts in the game right now you definitely can check it out you definitely can watch it there on any streaming platform you want but Liam for people in Chicago that don't know you um one of the first Australian born players to play for the Chicago Cubs that's something not a lot of people really know um for you like what 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 goes into that knowing you know you're coming to here and and really just making your own name for yourself and your own legacy.
0: It's it's pretty surreal, like thinking about it and like what goes into it all. And I mean, especially such a historic program, like like organization like the Chicago Cubs, it's exciting. And uh, I was, it's one of the teams that when I grew up watching in Australia, like not a lot of games would be played on TV, but the Cubs was, was one along with like the Yankees, just one of those historic teams that would get played a lot on TV. So I always grew up thinking it'd be pretty sweet to play for like the Cubs and like to be in part of the organization now it still kind of brings me goosebumps to think about
1: for sure bro and and when you talk about that you know I'm very unfamiliar with Australian baseball and I didn't know there was that much um of, of a fan base out there truly like I know they're huge on basketball I know they're huge on a couple other sports but can you kind of break down growing up playing baseball in Australia and what that dynamic's kind of like
0: yeah, it's, it's very small compared to other sports like there's Australian football, tennis, cricket, basketball, like they all outrank baseball by a lot. But uh, in my, we'd have like a small local community. We'd play like once a weekend on a Saturday morning growing up. We'd practice on a Thursday night. It was kind of just like a social thing to get out of the house type of thing for a lot of the kids and a lot of the guys playing. But in my high school, there was probably like five or six kids that played baseball in the whole high school didn't have enough to make a team in high school so there was no like high school baseball it was just local just always local and sometimes we'd have to travel an hour to play get like play another team or practice even just it was it's a whole different type of dynamic than what it is here in America.
1: For sure and what goes into that I know obviously travel ball is so huge when it comes to the scouting departments throughout college but especially with Tennessee can you kind of go into you know, without high school baseball, what really goes into their scouting report for you? And and how did those conversations start? Just understanding that, hey, he's never played high school ball. It's kind of just, we have to go off of what we got to go off of.
0: Well, I was fortunate enough for my first two years in America, I played at Central Arizona College at JUCO out here. And we were like, we we won the national championship my sophomore year, so it was a very, very good JUCO. And uh, after my freshman year, uh, I was recruited by Tennessee, and like they they came and watched me practice, and it was it was kind of a quick process. They had me out of a visit to Tennessee, and I, man, I fell in love with that place right away. And it was, I knew I knew right then that that's where I wanted to play, and there was no like hesitation or anything. It was just like when can we when can we get this thing going And then it, it, I was very fortunate to have that happen.
1: Oh, for sure, and it was even like Dylan. I'm not I'm not even gonna lie to you. My buddy Dylan was one of those guys. Um, me and him were debating it to get into college baseball and we didn't know what teams to pick. So I hit up Jim over a year ago and I asked him straight up. I was like, yo, I really want to get in to college baseball. What team would I have like the most fun watching? And my buddy Dylan um, ironically picked Ole Miss. And that's why in the beginning of the show, I was going to bring it up. Um, He picked Ole Miss and he's been, you know, just clamoring on about it ever since. But me picking Tennessee because of Jim and and getting to meet guys like you and and guys like Drew Gilbert Evan Russell the culture there was was just such a game changer with some of these guys coming through and and it was something to where you know it it really is a, a kind of changing of the guard when you look at the facilities and you really look at the franchise of that school so for you um what really drew you there when you say you had these great conversations? Because I've heard a lot of people that I've spoken with t- kind of talk about Tony. Tony and Evan Russell were such a focal point for that because of the way they carry themselves. And obviously, Drew Gilbert, the way he carries himself. So for you, um, aside from just the facilities as a whole, what really made you want to say, you know, I feel like I belong in Tennessee?
0: Uh-huh. That's, I mean, Tony Vitello is, was a huge part of that. He, he w- made me feel at home right, right as I got there. He w- welcomed me. And as long as with along with all the other coaches stuff like Frank Anderson, Coach Elander, uh, Kivett, uh, all of them made me feel welcome and you can just see that it was a family like it was just they were all so passionate about the program like it was all that they cared about like it was just winning with Tennessee baseball you can just see that right as you got there and, and they, like they're they get a lot of hype with how good they are, and that they're better in person. They're they're better they're better guys in person when you get to know them. But they're just they're, they're, I can't speak highly enough of all of them. Like and it, it was a no-brainer really once I got to, once I got talking to them, and and then on top of that, obviously seeing the facility and like the campus and everything, it was just it was awesome, without
1: a doubt. And for you, how crazy was it? You know, we we watched it. We we saw Tony when he first got hired as the manager of the Tennessee Volunteers. I think his father was kind of talking about um on and off the bench actually he was talking about how attendance was less than a thousand people and and it's grown so much to where you know it's it's packed it's more packed than the college world Series itself it's more packed than most chicago white sox games, and that's that, that's not a shot liam that's not a shot we don't we don't take <laughs> shots at the outside um we just we just keep it real here. We just keep it real here and, and it's it's true it's true you know tennessee rode deep for their fan base so for you to kind of be there and slowly watch this fan base grow um how crazy was that were people recognizing you around town and, and just like talking to you all the time
0: yeah i mean it, it was crazy it, it was something that i would never experienced before like would be going at to the gas station or going to breakfast at a place and a kid would come up and want a picture with you or take an autograph for just talk to you and it's and you, or you're walking down the side of the street and people are uh, turning their horn like saying go balls and it's just stuff like that that you, you never really e- dreamed of experiencing and you get to do that there because everybody says that they're truly the greatest fans in the country I, I believe that Tennessee Volunteer fans and they they grew they grew around us they supported us and you can just sense that what they were doing was that they just wanted us to win and that they were happy for for our achievements, and it, it was pretty pretty sweet.
1: For sure, and obviously this was, without a doubt, statistically, one of the greatest college baseball seasons in the history of anything for a team, and and the Tennessee Volunteers right. were a part of that. And obviously you were drafted in 2021, but a lot of people don't realize how much of a su- successful season they had in your last year. So if, if you kind of mm-hmm. could just... Attest to what was really the feeling like, understanding. Hey, you know, like this team, you know, going into next year and even going into the playoffs this year has a chance to really make some noise. I remember when Drew hit the, when he, when he hit that moonshot and he did the bat flip and it went viral everywhere. I know Jim Cross mm-hmm. is still playing that video every morning when he wakes up, and, and it's it's something <laughs> where it, it just changes. It just changes the dynamic of everything. And for you guys in that locker room. Who, To know that the entire world was watching it went from you know kind of kind of having an idea of okay these guys are on the outside looking into these guys are the focal point of college baseball how much of a good feeling was that knowing that all these guys from all these different places came together and really created something that's gonna last a lifetime
0: right i mean it was such a good feeling that when you talk about now it still gives me goosebumps like that i'm experiencing the moment happen again like it, it was unreal like you couldn't even drink like you, you're in your backyard as a kid, and you're you're picturing that moment, and it, for it to happen in such a big stage. And we always said in the fall, like working out, it was kind of like a, like a, why not us? Like we knew we were we were really good, we knew we had the talent, and uh, we just hadn't had the chance to show it yet. Because in COVID, the COVID year, the lockdown, we'd we'd had a really good year in COVID, and we knew we had the team to be successful, and but the whole world hadn't seen that yet. So we were just ready to show everybody and you could just see as the the season went on and we were just proving more and more how good we were. Like you you could just see the environment change and people rallying around us more and that they're, yeah, it's, uh, man, it's still, it's so cool. I'd never, it's something that I'd never experienced and I'd never thought I would experience, to be honest, growing up in Australia to, to feel like that kind of passionate kind of fans behind you. And it, just it's so surreal to me i I can't really put it in the words
1: for sure and you know adding into that the 2022 draft we're gonna be you know not trying to sound cocky not trying to sound like we got the best program in the league here but a lot of your friends are joining the league with you this upcoming season in the minors um and some of them in chicago some of them are going to um the chicago white Sox, some of them are going to the chicago cubs some of them are staying in that kind of region for you what does that mean to know that you know you're going to be able to carry a legacy with these guys you know maybe not on the same team forever but definitely mm-hmm. continue to make these memories throughout the league
0: right i mean those are my mates like it, it's 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 I, i'm a fan i'm a, the biggest fan of them but at, at the same time like they're my mates like we'd hang out all the time outside of the field and it's it's just so cool to see them succeed and like they're my my roommates my like we're just hang out all the time so to see the, and like, I want to play with them more. And I one day, every time I was watching the draft, seeing people get selected, I was just like hoping that they would come to the Cubs, each guy. And uh, you, you and me but, both, man, you and me both, uh, yeah, Jesus. no kidding, no kidding, like, they, yeah, they're good guys, and I'm just happy for, for them to have the success that they had and to be able to experience this type of uh, life,
1: right? And I was, I was even actually talking to Jim and Randy about it, and it was one of those conversations to where. You know, they every single one of them, including yourself, can really change the culture of a franchise. I, with a passion, hate the Houston Astros for very specific reasons and I think everybody understands that. But Drew <laughs> Gilbert going there is is a a huge game changer for me. I'm like, <laughs> man, like I have to get a Drew Gilbert jersey. Like it's not it's not even a question. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things mm-hmm. where you know whatever team they put together now and whatever team they had in the past it'll always be what it was we're not gonna get into that um, but this new era that's gonna come up led by guys like Drew and, and other guys like Evan and on other teams it, it's definitely gonna be able to have those conversations of okay they can change the entire game and and what this franchise has been based off of Evan Russell going to a team that hasn't done something in quite a very long time and and then you have other individuals throughout the league going to the White Sox and the Cubs and and yourself and it's like being that focal point I feel like is just so easy for them to walk into a place Drew especially you know we kind of talked about that um and for you it's it's that conversation of becoming the enemy I guess because you know you go from the underdog and then very quickly become the enemy of everybody for you how do you how do you handle that pressure of walking into an organization as big as the Houston Astros or the Chicago Cubs and, and really just understand that, you know, you have to take this day by day at the same time, but you also have
0: to perform at a high level. Right. It's kind of like the first day at a new school, like when you go to school, first day, like freshman year, first first day of school. And it's just, it's, it's a lot of nerves, a lot of new people, but there's also a lot of people in the same situation as you. So it, it, you get some confidence in that. And. At the and once but once you get on that field you put your pants on you, you belt up and get your hat on like it, it's just baseball at the end of the day and you gotta just be able to wrap your head around that and it's a it's a long process not every day is gonna gonna go great for you but the, the best thing about this spot is you have to go do it again tomorrow and just learning that and learning how to, to love the grind and for sure. it, it's it's a lot it's a lot to process at the start but uh once you're in the swing of things, it's it's just baseball at the end of the day.
1: For sure, and you were. A and
0: part... I know, and I know, Gil- Gilby's going to be great at, in uh, Houston. I, he gets a lot of hate, but that man is is unbelievable as a person. And yeah, it, 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 I'm excited to see what he what he can do.
1: Oh, I think I think the most interesting thing about Gilbert is that's that's exactly where i want him to be is because you know especially in the final year with with tennessee they really become just hated by everybody around the country Mm -hmm. and drew wore that drew wore that on his sleeve like he is the enemy like he didn't care and houston's gonna be the same identity as you know people are always gonna bang trash cans and talk all this talk even if it had nothing to do with them and and it's something to where i think drew's gonna be able to wear that amazingly um, you know, the fans are going to start to love them, and I'm super excited about it. But one thing we don't always always get to typically talk about on here, and I, I love about your game, actually has nothing to do about it. You know, we're looking at it, you know, your all-defensive team in 2021 for a shortstop, Golden Spikes Award midseason watch list, um, Rawlings Southeast regional first team, NCAA Knoxville all-regional team, it's it's amazing accolades. But the one thing I do think is, is super interesting to me is um, first year academic honor roll. And, and that continues going into 2021. For you being a student athlete and really putting the student part first, how important is that for you even past college to kind of just continue growing and continue to build that education?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a big part of my life education and they make a big vertical point on it at Tennessee that- we, we want you to do well in school, and like if you don't do well in school, you're not going to be able to get on the field. So, you, you know, you have to be, be able to prioritize that, because if you can't do that, you're not going to be on the field and be able to play. But I also had great help around me. Megan Anderson was our, like the person that took control of all of our academics. And I, I if it wasn't for her, I don't think i make make that uh on the academic team. But uh I don't know. I, I've always enjoyed that kind of stuff. I didn't have the hardest major in the world. But... I, I enjoyed the feeling of going to class and just being around new people. Like, it, it's just, it was so different compared to growing up back home and being around people from Tennessee, people from Florida, just hearing all these new types of lives that are around me. I, I it brought great enjoyment to me.
1: For sure, for sure. And, you know, going into the fifth round, you come out, and 2021 was quite a year for you. You end up on three teams, the ACL team, Um, South Bend and Iowa you sniff your way into Iowa which was which is amazing Mm -hmm. to me to watch um, because that they just had a great team over there and they were really doing their thing especially with our guy Brennan Davis he's been on the show a couple times Um, but with that being said being on three different teams throughout your first rookie ball season what is that kind of like is is that kind of nerve wracking to know you're climbing these ranks right as you're getting comfortable at each spot or is it is it kind of a positive to where you're kind of like okay i keep getting moved up i i like this feeling
0: yeah it's it's a combination of both i i i love the fit you lo- love the feeling of moving up and going to a different team it's it's a great feeling but it, it was just an, it was a new challenge and it's a new environment that I, I love going to a new place and like just saying that i've been there like checking out these new stadiums and like stadiums that you you'd see on TV all the time and getting to play there and meeting all these new guys that are just so good like they're so talented everybody here has unbelievable talent and just talking to them and getting to hold different types of knowledge from different people and from the ages of 30 plus like playing with guys and there's so many life experiences with guys in those teams that you get to talk to and learn from them it's, it's cool.
1: 100% and you know there's a there's a couple kids out there I do want to run by you really quickly because it's definitely something to where the people you're with in the room, I feel like, help you develop sometimes more than the actual coaching staff. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not, I'm not saying anything about the Cubs coaching staff. They have an amazing farm system. They do amazing things. But there's young kids in this program, in the ACL Cubs specifically right now you're playing with. Um, it, it's It's just a lot of dogs. So for you, if you could name a couple people... Um, who have you learned from in the last couple of years throughout this that the the farm system that you've played with and and who kind of your favorite people?
0: Oh, that's that's a tough question. My favorite people, uh, at right now, out in the ACL, I'm the only non Latin kid on the team right now. So I'm I'm learning yeah. a lot of new a lot of, a lot of new Spanish and the, the kids. Those kids are awesome. They're so young but they're so talented and I mean guys like. Mm. Morell's little brother is on the team and he's he's helped me out a lot like he's kind of like being my go-to guy for a lot of things and but then there's other places like Ethan Hearn was my roommate in, in Myrtle Beach and uh, he's he's kind of like the captain of the team in, in a sense and if he's uh, just taking me under his wing he's experienced it all before and he's been able to teach me a lot and he's also a young kid but uh, he, he knows a lot he has no knowledge and i could go on there's, there's so many people at each level but uh yeah it, it, i'm just i'm sorry i'm just drawing blanks no, it's
1: it's it's yeah. one of those things though where you know you look at especially at Myrtle Beach, James Trelantos is so huge, and I feel like um, I Trio. I really yeah. wanted you I really wanted you and him to continue building that connection because that's really how I you know I'm a little biased I'm a little biased because I'm a Vols fan, but um, I, I definitely think the future is Liam Spence at shortstop, so I, or second base wherever it may be, and I mm-hmm. think it's it's gonna be a lot of fun, especially when James gets up there.
0: Um, Triumphant is, is about beast, awesome. Yeah, he's, can you kind of talk great, about that and just
1: your your opinion with
0: him? Yeah, he's a great kid. He he, uh, we Facetime we Facetime once a week about and just goes go through the week that he had. He loves talking baseball and he would call me and say, "I was just going through your Ivy and like got to like your Tennessee days." And like, he, he's just he's an awesome kid that loves the game. He's he, you can see him getting better uh, every day. Like right now, like he's he's killing it right now. He's he's and he's so young. And that's it, a lot of pressure to have on a kid that's that young and that high in a draft with that much like potential and like people like on him like knowing that he's going to do well. It's a lot of pressure for a young kid, and he's been able to handle it great, and uh, I, I really enjoy my time with him.
1: For sure. And there's, there is someone, I, I don't know because of the language barrier, if you were able to build a connection with, um, but he's also very young and has a lot, a lot of eyes on him. Christian Hernandez um, can you kind of talk about watching his game? Only being what he just turned 18, like the other. I,
0: I believe so. Yeah,
1: the kids, the kids, so. the kids. In, the kids. 17. He's 10 times better than I'll ever be. But for you, watching this kid kind of have the <laughs> tangibles of just being that five-tool player, what is what goes into that? And and really watching him go about it, does that kind of help you build off your game, even though
0: he's younger? right like i take gravels with him at shortstop and i'm like six years older than him and i'm like this kid just is unreal like he's fundamental like he he just does all the things right like for a kid that that young to do all the things right is pretty pretty spectacular and watching him hit he's 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 not like the biggest buff kid but man he's wiry and he can he can hit that ball like he can hit really good so it's uh it's exciting to see like just being able to go to the field with him every day it's exciting to see what he's going to do next And I'm very fortunate to get to experience that
1: firsthand. 100%. I was actually talking to a fan about it on a live the other day. They were like, oh, well, I just don't think he has. Um, This was like six months ago, not the other day. But um, it feels like it. It it was something to where I was talking about Christian Hernandez's overall, like the way he goes about it, his mechanics, everything. And they're like, oh, I just don't think he's big enough yet. I was like, you understand he's 17. (laughs) he his body's not done growing this kid hasn't even really he doesn't even have a gym membership yet he's not even old <laughs> enough to be at export without parent uh parental guidance like th- once this kid gets the chance to really just lock into his body and his body can do so for him and help him grow i i think the sky's the limit for him but you know Absolutely. back to back to talking about you and your game, I know how much you pride yourself on defense and how much that matters to you. And, and that really is kind of what the Chicago Cubs have been lacking for a lack of better words on what they're lacking on right now in the majors. But it's, it's something to where that's that leg up on everyone else that you can't teach. Defense is something, it's, it's something I've prided myself on. It's something a lot of individuals I know that really want to be good at this game really want to do. For me, offense wasn't a thing, so we had to be good at defense. But for you, offense is a thing. You can do it both ways. For you, how important is that to continue your defense, even though you know, you know, you can you can rake twenty homers a year if you wanted to.
0: It's super important. I mean, growing up, I was I was kind of like Christian. I was a very small kid, but I couldn't hit the ball nearly as far as Christian can. But I wasn't I wasn't the best hitter growing up. When I was eighteen, sixteen, so I had to pride myself in my defense because that was the only way I was going to be able to get in the lineup. And my freshman year, it was the same thing. Like, I was playing left field or backing up first base. And, like, I, I just was just doing anything that I could be on the field because of my defense. And the bats kind of come along as I've gotten older and got more experience facing these pitches. The bats come along. But the defense is the biggest reason why I, I'm here right now because I would have been out again in the lineup growing up if it wasn't right. for my defense. And the, the bats come along with it. But i, I man, defense has always been number one to me i pride myself on that and i think it's fun i i, I love being out there with you guys and just pr- protecting protecting the, the the run board you know the scoreboard
1: 100 percent. i i always hear that i always think i get mad about it personally it's like oh yeah well my offense will come and the only reason i get mad is because i'm like all right well when is mine gonna come you know what i mean and <laughs> What goes into that saying when it really says the offense will come? Is it really just you getting more disciplined at the plate? Or is it really just trusting that the power and and, and the eye vision is going to come at some point?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of trust in that it's gonna come like it's all that trust in the process like I hope that it come, like my power comes and I knew as I was get, gonna get older I was gonna put on more weight and I'd be able to hit the ball with more power but I've always kind of just been like that contact guy like put the ball in the middle and Hit it where they ain't, and it, it's been working pretty pretty well for me, m- my life. Just hit the ball where people aren't. So, uh, but it's it's definitely come a long way from when I first got to America.
1: Without a doubt. And before we get you out of here, we do have a couple more questions for you. These ones are just a little bit more fun. Um, out of Tennessee, if you could pick one player to play with you on the Chicago Cubs, who are you picking? Now, I don't
0: mean to, mm. I don't mean to put
1: you on the spot like that, but it could be from any year.
0: Uh, I'd, I'd have to, oh, that's tough. That's a tough question. I, I'd have to go with Max Ferguson. We played up the middle my whole time in Tennessee, so playing in the bigs up the middle with Max Ferguson would be pretty special. He's he's like a brother to me, and uh, it would be pretty special.
1: 100% kid was an absolute dog. But with that being said, Liam, for you, you know, while this season continues and and you know we're getting into the middle part of things where there's going to be september call-ups and a lot of other things going on um what is the focal point for you right now and what your main focus is going finishing off this season
0: um just finishing stronger than i started uh just being able to get better because i i I haven't had the greatest start of the season but i'm working on some things and just being able to finish better than better than i started uh That's what it's all about to me, is as long as uh, I can get better each day and continue on on that platform, uh, I'm happy.
1: For sure, without a doubt, Liam, before we get you out of here, brother, is there anything you need to say to anybody, whether it be to follow you on social media accounts or anything you got going on?
0: Yeah, well, I'd like to say hi to my mom and dad, I know that they're gonna be stoked to watch this, so, uh, like, hi to them, and uh, my... My Instagram's at, I think it's Liam Spence underscore. Um, I, I, not not a huge Instagram guy, but I appreciate the followers. So that's <laughs> a, that's all I got. The shout out.
1: Hundred percent, Liam. Thank you for coming on today, brother. And we can't wait to see you in the bigs, man.
0: I appreciate your time. Thank you.